whole thing. Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk, but in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Abby, yeah, it's the Black Country Blokes showing the fact with me, Kev Dillon, and Craig Vinches. Now, tonight we're going to talk about what everyone else is talking about the hopeful ending of lockdown, with all the babbies going back to school a uh, week on Monday. Then, hopefully, gyms opening up and pubs opening up, in a sense, on the 12th, and then you know, the actual freedom pass of the 21st of June. But, I mean, like, that freedom pass that everyone's talking about. I mean, what Bojo actually said was, at the earliest, we could be out on the 21st. But we're all taking that as, on the 21st of June, we're free. But my dad sums up perfectly. He says, Kev, I'll pick you up, but the earliest I'll be there is 6. I've got to come from wherever. So the earliest, we'll be 6 o'clock. He goes, no, it's probably going to be closer to 7. But the earliest I'll be is 6. So you're going to be here for 6. But I think because that number's in our head, we're all dying for a VE day. On the 21st of June, 2021, we are once again free. And I've still got that thought at the back of my mind. I can't quite believe it. How about you, bro? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll get, like, when your dad said that, I think that does put it in perspective. And I know we spoke briefly about it last night. Um, it's like, I had a walk, I had to have a walk the other day. Car was in the garage and as I walked back. First, out of nowhere, I had sort of a, a sense of elation. I, was, I, I felt very, um, like some some kind of optimism come over me and relief, more relief. And I thought, I mean, I don't pay a lot of attention to the news and what Boris said and this and the other. But I did think, bloody hell, there the may be light at the end of the tunnel. And I was I was thinking back to pre-lockdowns like before all this went on. And I thought, like how how much freedom we had, and it is it is kind of like you're breaking out of that prison and and you're free. But as you say, that's the earliest case scenario. It's the likelihood of it is you're still going to be looking at next week before we're more fully relaxed. Uh, next year before we're more fully relaxed, you know, and and that's what happens. Don't get your hopes up for something. Oh, at least that's the end date because then you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. But we all want it. But I think. To be fair, I think there's going to be some positive come out of all these lockdowns. Uh, you know, not not in respect to the people that have lost their lives, sadly, to it and that. But I think how we were all living before, we were we were deemed we were going to implode. You know, the status quo had to be broke, and I'm hoping that when it does get lifted, whether it's this year or that, you know, next year, we're back to some kind of normality. I hope normality takes on a brighter path. Because we we were living in, I think that as people we become too content with our behaviours and too complacent with our attitudes, and I think we we was a little bit more callous with life. And I think now, hopefully, we're going to get to a point where we think we can learn to live a little bit brighter. That's that's my optimism anyway for for the future. Well, it's like like with me and all the other coaches were out five days a week at the club, and then. All week, then Thursday uh, boxing show, Friday night champion uh, a boxing show after you've done the club. Then you're at championship Saturday and Sunday, right seven days a week. And 2019, because we did Monkstown and out season, and you're out and you're out and you're out. And like in the first lockdown, I went, 
no, I'm going to spend more time with my daughter. I'm going to do this. And but as soon as the lockdown finished, it was all right then. We're open five days a week again. What coaches can help? The coaches didn't help. You know, some dropped out through reasons and whatever. So once again, it's Muggins and some other people who are there every night of the week. Whereas this time, I'm going to go back. I'm going to make a conscious note. I love my boxers. They're my family. But I can't be doing it all the time. And my weekends, especially when there's no boxing on, I'm going to have a nice day out. I'm going to go, Kate, yes, we can go to Craig's wedding. Yes, we can go to Aaron's christening. Because every time I promise her, and at the last moment, sorry, Bab, Osama's boxing. Sorry, Bab, Connor Jones is. And we've got to make more time for our families. But I'm saying this now through, you know, Tomorrow's going to be a different day. But the problem is when we're back on that hamster wheel, we do what hamsters do. We run and we run and we run and we get nowhere. But have you seen those secret loads of pets too? I've not. Actually, my, my sons have, right? I've not. I've not seen there's them. A little, there's a little hamster on the wheel. He goes, I run and I run and I get nowhere, nowhere. And that's how, <laughs> that's how I feel a lot of the time with it. You feel like, I will change. Like when you're on a holiday and you're lying there and you're going, you know what? When I get back, I'm not going to sweat the small stuff. And lo and behold, when you're back in the real world, the real world gets older. But I, I beg all of us, we should learn from this. Whether we actually, you know, act on the wisdom we've learned, be a different matter. We're, we're, we're habitual creatures, mate. We we return to habit. like, And that's why, that's why a good many folk, you know, if, I don't know, let's say the police are investigating a criminal, they know. A criminal will only stay hidden for so long after release or, or after they've committed the job because they will always go back to their MO. They'll always do what they've always done. And that's us as, as a people. And like you say, you can all optimistically say, it's like starting a diet. You know what? I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to start a diet. I'm going to start the gym. A week down the line, you, you fall back into your same habits. And it, you know, it, probably takes, it probably takes months, if not years, to form new habits. Uh, like you say with the boxing, it's harder to get rid of an old habit or a bad habit than it is to just form a brand new one. And and that's what we do as people. You know, we we continue to act out those bad habits and expect a different results. And then you'll have a burst of optimism. I'm a new person. I'm, new Year's is normally the one for people, eh? you know, the New Year's resolutions instead of a new life resolution. I think they should start calling it. Um because it, it resolves nothing anyway, because they start it one week. The gym memberships, they skyrocket from January to March, and then they die off, and all them who've had the new water bottles and the new towels, they go back to the fast foods and the, the, the nighttime TV. And it's just what we do. So like you say, all optimism, we hope we can change. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been just getting my head in the books lately, just trying to get rid of all any negative thought or anything that's been weighing me down and replace it with something of value. Because even if I feel like I don't want to read it or listen to this book, I'm going to get value from it, you know, so you might as well do stuff you get value from. But like, change the subject, because I fully agree with that. But like, how do you feel about the babies going back to school a week on Monday? I don't, I, I don't want my kids to go to school. Like, I'm, I'm one of these, I really don't. And it's because of the coronavirus and that. I would choose to have my kids with with me or their mom all day, every day. And when my baby don't want to go to school, I'll say to him, it's just as hard for us because we have to do adult stuff. We have to work. We have to do this. But we'd much rather have you with us. So I think in terms of 
them going back to school from like personal points of view, we're going to mm. miss the hell out of them. And we, I'd much rather have them with me. Um, in return to like the COVID and that, I think it is where it is. Like they've got to go back and that's a legal requirement. You know, we've, it, we, we've got to send them otherwise we'll end up in big trouble. Um, they're on about testing them and, and, and vaccinating them and whatever else, but that's a story for a different day. Um, but I'll miss the air out my kids, mate, when I'm back at school. Well, I've said that, like, uh, second lockdown, when I didn't have the bad day, uh, it was probably the hardest one because I was, I was completely on my own. Then Kate was upstairs, I was downstairs. But I think with her going back on a week on Monday, it'll be like that for me because I won't start the gym back until I'm not starting back on the 12th because that's bank holiday Monday, and everyone will be doing what they're doing, going to pubs, I won't be one of them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I won't start back for another six weeks, and that's six weeks, and you know what it's like. It's horrible sometimes when you're on your own because you've got nothing to keep you positive, nothing to keep you active. But then with the school, like I think it's a bloody shame that none of the teachers have um, had the vaccination. So I'm thinking, it's not necessarily the kids, but anyone who's got kids, you see the gaggle of mums and dads all crowding around. It's them that's spreading the germs on the playground. Kids yeah. are kids. They don't know better. But the parents will all cluster together and then blame it on the school for spreading it. You know, we've got to have a bit of responsibility on ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard when I mean, they've got to be in at the same time. They they could, I suppose they could stagger the, the start times for the kids by 10 minutes, you know, and, and they could reduce it that way. I mean, that's up to the schools. But we found that they stopped us the first lockdown, they stopped us from the primary school my kids go to, from going into the school grounds. But it, it solved nothing. All it did was sort of shook any liability away from the school because we'd all had to queue up the road, you know, like really touching each other up the road. And you think, oh, there's, there's absolutely no point. The playground's bigger than the footpath. Yeah. So we could have spread out. We could have gone on the grass and all sorts. And I think, I think people... I think these organisations, they should have a system in place by now, you know, to to make this more socially um, distanced and, and whatever else. And if they've not, then someone's been bloody, someone's been sleeping for the last 12 months. Well, the first lockdown, it was a freak of nature, wasn't it? No one knew what on God's earth had come. But, you know, we're 12 months on now. And as you said, it should be, instead of just putting a little sticker on the floor saying, keep your two metres, keep your two, you, you know, there should be a way of, so, you know, pointing out to people saying, come on, guys, we yeah. all know the score by now. Have a bit of sense and just, you know, let, let's get through this as well as we can. If anyone hasn't got any comments, by the way, please write in. We love you being part of the show. We've just had Lucas Salkan, I think that's your name. Sorry if I've mispronounced it, um, saying evening, gents. So thank you for messaging in and well, hope you enjoy you. the rest of the show. But yeah, look, I think we never know. It's hard to... It's hard to be on the outside criticising them on the in. And Boris's job, I wouldn't like Boris's job at all. I wouldn't like a good many of their job. And I think a lot of common sense goes out the window. So when the first lockdown, I ended up going to Merrill and it was a ghost town and I had to go to the bank. Um, And what Merrill had decided to do for some unbeknownst reason is disengage the um, escalators but keep the lifts open. So they'd send one person in the... So the queues was tailing. So they'd send one person in the lift. You had to wait for it to go down, wait for it to come back up. Instead of letting one person on the escalator, letting it halfway and another one. 
and have it as a production line. They decided to keep the lifts open. And I think common sense never prevails. And But you can accept it at the fact that um, it was, mate, it snuck up on everybody, you know. There's, I argue there should have been some proto, protocol in place for uh, just a pandemic. You know, there should be a set protocol in, in place for in, in case of a global lockdown or a national lockdown or whatever. That's my only critique, but I wouldn't like their jobs, mate. I, you know, it's easy for us to critique and, you know, this is hindsight we're speaking of now, of what they could do better in this time and the other, but we've all got, We've all got a better way of doing it to hear us talking, we? But the reason why they kept the lifts open was obviously like wheelchairs, push chairs, and people like that for the disabled, wasn't it? But I understand yeah, what it. you mean. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get that. And they could have still kept them open for the, the um, disabled purposes. But I think to anyone that could use the escalator that wasn't, yeah. you know, disabled or had any inability to use it, they should have kept them both open and managed them better. And I think there's... But again, in blind panic and, you know, the companies were just scratching their head because all the shops have shut down and their biggest concern is, hold on, we're going to lose a ton load of revenue here. So people panic, don't they? And I think what I'm trying to get across is we each have different ways of doing things, whether it's to do with lockdown or whether it's in, in life. And it's easier to be on the outside saying, oh, I shouldn't do that. I mean, dad's a perfect example of that. Do it this way. I'd do it this way if I was you. We've all got the dad, dads that do that. And you think, well, it's easy for you to say you you ain't doing it, mm. you know. But you know, we're people. We adapt our way, and we've adapted to to this now. It's normal life now. Ain't lockdown. I think the longer it goes on, the, the thing that I <clears throat> dread above anything else, apart from one of my loved ones dying, is doing another lockdown. I don't want it to be a seasonal thing from. December to March every year because I just couldn't take it. You know, the starting, the stopping, because every time you have to start the gym, every time you have to open up the pub, the barbers, whatever you're opening, it gets harder to get the people coming back because, as you said, you get used to growing your hair, you get used to drinking at home, you get used to just being a fat kid lying on the sofa. And every mm. time you have to start again, it's twice as hard. I think that's even like we use the boxers. I mentioned this again last night about. You know, you said you got people back after the first time, the second time, but getting them back for a third time, you know, when they may have exchanged sweat equity for eight cans of Fosters and I can think, you know what, I'm more than content. I enjoy my boxing, but that, and it's just a knock-on effect and people, not just for the club or not just for organisations, but for the people, it, them bad habits, mate, they form rather quickly. You know, they form quicker than a good habit. So, it's probably easier for them to just get eight cans a night or four cans a night and swig them off than it is to do some graft in the gym. You know, it's burpees. Not just, it's not just the boxers, because, you know, I mean, Touchwood, we always have, like, a new bunch of people wanting to do it. What we will lose is the coaches. A lot of people like myself, and I won't name some good coaches. I've, I've stayed in touch with a lot of brilliant, brilliant coaches from around the Midlands, and they've got used to being with a wife. They've got used to being with the kids or the grandkids. They've got used to having to go out seven days a week. They will also lose the officials. And God bless them, a lot of the officials are retired. And they go down and beat the officials have a bloody rotten time. They get effed and jeffed at. And they're doing mm. it for petrol. They're doing it for the love of boxing. And then thinking, do I want to do that? When I've actually enjoyed being in the war, when I've enjoyed watching Strictly Come Dancing or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, 
And then like you're thinking, is it worth it? And then because they're older, a lot of them more vulnerable. Do I want to be around like a championships? A hundred athletes plus the coaches plus if uh, plus the spectators. And, and I think that you can't blame them. No, that's right. It's like you say when when them and then getting effed in Jeff that at least when they're getting effed at in the house, he comes across with love, though. He, you know, he's, he's from he's from Russia with love, eh? But when when it's just some drunk spectator or just someone who who feels that you've you've done their nephew out of a win or whatever, it it does bear the fruit that you think why why do I even bother? And that's you know they they're not wrong if they choose to do that. You know, it's right or wrong, it's right for them, but. It harms the sport, it harms the business, or it it just harms anything that that comes into play with, doesn't it? Especially, I mean, in the boxing world, look, look football and outdoor sports have at least had a, a case to be. But in boxing, we haven't been able to do pads, we haven't been able to do sparring. I understand the sparring competitions because of the virus, but I wish we'd have been able to do pads. You know, just wear a giant condom, you know, uh. get the pads on, and every time we, every time <laughs> they change over, you give it a wipe over and. But you know, but that's where you really have your intimacy with the boxer, you know what I mean? You gotta yeah. say you gotta say that no, be careful, I mean, when I join combo, I'm having intimacy with my boxers. That's the top. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you though. That's you know, that's that's where that's where the connection is, eh, Kev. Will I think is that any better? <laughs> is there any better <laughs> but, to say? It, but it, it is though, is it because boxing is one of them sports, you know, and, and what we've been doing for the last twelve months is running boxer size classes. And at first, yeah. I mean, it's great. We've got their elbows tucked in and hands up and getting all the basics right. And most clubs have done that. Uh, just going back to the basics. But boxers like to hit and be hit. And that's the problem. Yeah. You know, if you want to go and keep fit, you might be going to one of the gyms. You know, but boxing, we want to be doing it. And, you know, the little ones and, you know, uh, we'll stick with the game. But then you can't blame the ones who have wanted to go up and do other things. Yeah, Especially I mean, that age. that's what I mean. It gets to our age, mate, where even without any lockdown, you know, and I know this from personal experience, even without any lockdown, you tend to find different avenues of interest, we'll say. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's the thing. So with a lockdown, it's sort of, it's sort, it's sort of a catalyst. It sort of speeds up the process of, of that. And where you could have maybe retained them and, and kept them there, for the better, for better or worse, now you that's been totally stripped of the club. So any loyalties towards the club, I'll say, and I don't mean in a bad way that they'll lose loyalty yeah. and they'll do this against that. But I think any loyalties to themselves in regards to the club that they've already they've already gone in that respect. So if they come back, it's because they genuinely want to. You know, they may have just got back into that habit of doing it, and now they're not in the habit of doing it. It may be the habit of not doing it from here on yeah. out, and. But on the flip side, I reckon, like on the last, the first lockdown, God, we've had that many, I can't remember which one's which. But <laughs> I, I think we'll have old faces come back and go, you know what? I've missed this. And for the last five, six years, I keep saying, you know what, Craig, I'm going back up, I'm going back up. And then maybe this time, I'll think, you know what? I am going back up because I'm getting chunky. I'm, I, I, some of the best days of my life was at club or any boxing club or sport facility. I'm not just saying the Lions. And hopefully they'll give them that kick up the bum to think, you know what? I've missed it. And I think that's one good thing I've learned about this. What I've actually missed. And it hasn't been sitting in a pub, you know. Uh, it, I've, I've missed going for meals. Because going for a meal is different to having a takeaway. A takeaway is sitting in your own home. 
a meal is an experience you go and wherever you're going up for a cheap meal or a nice meal, it's that experience. I've missed yeah. just having adventures, we call them, where we're going to see the animals or just have a, a day out that's not in your postcode that you can't walk to. And I've mm-hmm. missed people. And we've said this, us guys and maybe the girls, we'll, we'll all get together and make a conscious effort. You know, we've been doing this for almost two years now and we've never actually all got together and just sat around in the real world having a bevy or having a burger or whatever it is. Yes. Mate, it's hard. And, and you know, like, like you say, the people thing, but people, even if they don't, even if they don't miss people, let's say they're introverts, they may have found something else other than, let's say, the boxing. They may have found something, another skill that takes up that time or another hobby. And it's like a lot of people have had to jump ship with work. They've had to change career paths just to get some income in. And they may stick to that, which mean, might mean longer hours and it might mean this. So, you know, they may not just be lying around thinking, I like a bevy now on the set here and I go and boxing. They may have to have took another job, which means their work shifts that don't require, you know, they can't free up to, to come and box. And I think it's just changed that many people's lives. You know, if people come out of this unchanged, then you're either a better man than what I am or a worse man. And I, I don't know which one I'd deem you have to, to be honest, because we've all changed our ways, I hope, in some you respects. Said, you sell a jumping ship. Like, I've talked to one of my good friends and he was saying, Kev, I, uh, I hate my job. I hate it. I dread going there, Kev. He went, but it's good money. And at the moment, I can't risk jacking it to get another job because I'm the sole provider and it's good money. And I feel sorry for those people who are stuck doing something because nine times out of ten, you're at work more times that you're on your settee or you're, yeah. you're with your work people more than you're actually with your family or your friends. And when, when it's like that and you dread going there, it's horrible. And I think hating the job and then having the loyalty towards your family and the passion and all this so-and-so, but then fearing that I can't leave now because there's 500 people wanting to work at the local sandwich shop. There's a thousand people wanting to work at McDonald's. Never mind mm. them big jobs. And that and that's why unemployment's been so rife. Because, you know, I remember my partner's granddad, uh, he used, I used to love listening to his stories. And he, he used to tell me that back when he worked at a place called Rackham's, I think it was a steel place in Birmingham or Randolph Steel, wherever. If the boss pissed him off or anybody to that matter, you know, in the 60s or 70s, uh, they said something wrong. You just say, I'll stick your job. They'd walk next door. And they'd get another job. You know, they wouldn't have to go through interviews, nothing, get another job. And what the difference is now is when you've got three and a half million unemployed, they have the pick of the litter. They can, they they speak all the terms and conditions. And if you want the job, you adhere to them. And they're spoilt for choice. And we're we're at the the lower end of the spectrum on that. And I think that's, that's how it's changed. And people are stuck. Like you say, you spend... More time with your workmates or work colleagues, not necessarily mates. When I used to do 12-hour shifts in steelworks, I'd go like, let's say I went six till six. By the time I got home, add some tea, add a shower, it was touching half seven, eight o'clock. So then you've got, what, two, three hours with your family before you go to bed and then you start again the next day. And it is hard, it is it is difficult. And I, I think that's just the plight of the working class, you know, for the most part, isn't it? Well, I remember in 2000, I left school and I went to Stabridge College. Well, some of my mates, we walked down to Pen, Pen- Trainer State 
I walked down and said, uh, got any jobs? I went, when do you want to start? And we were 16-year-old kids. And he went, well, I'm going to have two weeks getting pissed with my mates. went, great, come back. And that's how easy yeah. it was. Oh, your mates had the joke job of working at Mackey's, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was always the joke job because anyone yeah. could get a job at Mackey's. You could walk in on the Tuesday and work in the following Tuesday. Nowadays, hmm. because there's such a demand, you could be like PhDs coming at your bum and you couldn't, you couldn't be, you know, there's too big of a queue because you're overqualified to flip burgers. And, Mate. you know, it's so hard, isn't it, for these poor buggers? And everything's paperwork now. Like, when I remember back when we were kids, if you wanted a cleaning job or your mum or your auntie had cleaning jobs, they had to rock up, prove they can dust a flipping ornament and over, use a vacuum, and that was it. Now you've got to have NVQs in this. You've got to have chemical management in that. You've got to cost assessments and certificates, and if you flip it, liability issues, all of that. Whereas before, it was, can you plug an over in and over? Can you wash up? And I think that's that's ruined a lot of the industry. And I think it's because of, I think where where they go wrong with with the work and why there's so many unemployed is my theory anyway. Is the fact that they keep up in the retirement age. But they never up the age of school leavers, which means whereas before they'd retire, the school leavers had come out of school and take their jobs. And it was a, a cycle of that. They'd retire, they'd take their jobs. Now they keep up in the retirement age. So these kids that are leaving school, they haven't gone to college. They've got another three years or four years to wait before they retire so they can have their job. And it's, I think that's, that's like my theory on why why there's so many unemployed at any one time? Because no, no bugger can retire anymore. <laughs> and and like what you're saying, like, like uh, I've got good friends with tarmacers, big, strong blokes who, who can rake and shovel and tip all day long. And all of a sudden, they've got iPads. And their hands are the size of my bloody leg. And they're having to try yeah. and press these little buttons. And it's a foreign world to them because they're big, strong workhorses. And then we've got to go, can you write this email? Can you do this? Can you? And they're thinking, I didn't sign up for this. this. I'm not a computer guy. Otherwise, I'd have gone into IT. I'm a workhorse. Yeah. I, and, and that's the thing. Like Companies, they expect so much more for so very little they give you. When I worked on the roads, we used to, on the water, so we, we'd, on the clean water supply side of it, and we'd, we'd have to dig a hole or whatever, gain the hole, cut the pipe, and and re and jump the service onto a new service, but what had happened? We had to fusion weld the pipe, but we had to take pictures of the weld. Bearing in mind this is supposed to be uh, like like a clinic that's sterile and that clean, you know, all all the sheets underneath you and everything else. And very rarely they are, you know, you got clay and that. And it was pissing down around the once, and it was when we had really bad winds a couple of years back, and so you couldn't put a tent over anything. And I had one joint fail on one raindrop that dropped on, on the connection and they picked it up on the photo. So they failed the joint. So what that meant then is you're supposed to cut the joint back out and start again. But how can, how can you do it? It's like clipboarders and going around and saying, oh, by theory, this works. And they've never been in a hole or they've never used a shovel. And you think, and it's taking, it's taking people's, Born out of work, I just think, flip it. Like, if I'm having to have to work twice for the same joint for one speck of rain, when in a minute I'm just going to fill it with flipping dirt, you know, and it takes the fun. And I think clipboarders, we've all seen the picture of the guys on the, you know, the canvas of the guys sitting on the flipping steel beam 
the steel erecting and them sitting on the steel beam having a sandwich or a coffee or a beer or whatever. And I think that just shows, now bearing in mind health and safety, I understand why like they won't allow that. But I think health and safety has its limits where it becomes stupid and petty. But then again, there's blame, blame the American way of life for that without trying to alienate any American viewers because where there's blame, there's claim. And that's what they're covering their ass for, right? Well, when you get to someone like Thailand, you'll see, a, a, I don't know, a thousand-foot Buddha on bamboo scaffolding. They're up there with flip-flops, sat up there having a sandwich. He's hanging upside down with no welding mask, welding stuff. And you think he's coming it. But, but we realise how dangerous that is. But they, they survive. Yeah. I'm not saying we should bloody do that. But you do think, like, a window cleaner shouldn't climb up a ladder to clean your windows. But he's a window cleaner. But no, the best yeah. way to do it is having scaffolding up. How can I afford, with time and money, to put the scaffolding up on every house to watch every windows? And it's impractical, isn't it? So what well, it, a lot uh, of them will do is they'll just have a hose and spray it. I've got a bloody hose. I can do that. And and that's the thing. Like, 20, 20 minutes to clean all your windows, it'd take them a, half a day to put your scaffolding up for the 20 minutes. Then they've got to keep moving. And like you say, it's a practical. So what they have is a hose now, and their hose has to trail from the van to the house, which then goes across the path. So any bugger that's walking, <laughs> anyone with a pram and that, it, it, it sort of becomes another one. And I think what we're trying to get at here is there's, there's like, there's a, not a right way and a wrong way, but there's levels to it. It's like with anything, like we said last night, too much of a good thing can be bad for you. And I think you need to be sensible. And I think there's more accidents with health and safety because, one, a lot of the companies I've worked for before, it's health and safety on paper. But when you're on, you know, when you're against the clock, it's by any means necessary. But if you fuck up, don't put it in the accident book because we'll blame you anyway. And it's health and safety when you suit them, not they're not to the book. And I think when you go over the top with things, you remove people's common sense then. Well, that's, like if, if, if you have an operation and it goes wrong, if you walk in by and a chimney falls on you, if but then like if, if I'm climbing a tree and I fall out, I'm a lad and I'm learning how to climb a tree. Or if I'm running over and I trip over a curb and eat my head, it teaches you that's where the curb is. But I yeah. think we've taken away the art of learning. If I do that, I will get hurt instead of, I fell over and hurt myself, but Craig is to blame. And that, that's the thing. Like you say, you've taken it away. I, I said to someone earlier, um, this was about music related and about scam artists trying to save them from big labels and that, trying to scout them. And I said, sometimes you have to touch the stove in order to find out it's hot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we've removed. We've, we've sort of removed the stove. Instead of just controlling it, I remember as kids, maybe a dad or maybe a granddad or summer, they'd get your hand and they'd put your hand quickly on the hot stuff or whatever it is and quickly remove it. So as they controlled how long it was, but you still got a sense of, oh, that's hot, you know, without it causing damage. And we are allowed to do that anymore. People don't, they don't want you to make mistakes. We've said this often that don't be scared to make mistakes because that's how we learn as people. And hopefully this, like, with the lockdowns, back to it, hopefully we've learned the mistakes from the previous one and the previous one. And hopefully this isn't going to be the previous one. Hopefully we're learning by the mistakes. So, you know, 
unless we learn from history, it's destined to reappen, isn't it? So let's just yeah. go when we do get back. And it's going to be tough, especially the first time you get to the booze or you have a party because you haven't seen Craig and Lee and Aaron and bloody Albert coming out. Let's try and have a bit of restraint while having a good time and hopefully the good times last for longer because I can't just keep doing this. Yeah, it does. It does get to yeah, There's no there's uncertainty. But I think, like you say, it's self-restraint. You tell you about, you know, getting pissed and licking your best friend just because you're out of lockdown. You you just wouldn't do it, would you, unless you really fancy your best friend, which, you know, <laughs> who, who am I to judge? You know, maybe it's the beer talking, but... Uh, We've just got to be sensible, and this is what I, this is what I keep saying to people when they go on about the vaccine and that. To me, I've sort of I've, I was hard and set to start with, and I thought never take it, never take it. But like I say, I'm going through quite a development stage with myself. I mean, I'm thinking be more acceptable, stop being so so rigid in in your decisions unless it really requires it. Um, just say, look, never say never. If the vaccine proves to be, I don't want to be the first one to take it. I ain't gonna lie, you know. I'd like to eat a few months or years before I have it. But we just need to common sense need to prevail and stop judging folk for, oh, you're my dick for having that. You're stupid for having that, or you should be having it, or you know what I mean. Like, if it's right for you, do it, and leave other people do what's right for them. Well, I'll be taking it. So I'll to and fro a bit, and I thought, you know what. Try it. I've had meningitis. I've had meningitis. Like, I remember when people saying, don't have the meningitis, child. Don't have I had meningitis. And I lost my eyesight. I've known other people when I was in hospital, they lost limbs. And I've known people who've been brain damaged. So it's very easy to say don't when you haven't seen the consequences from it. And I think that's to say, it's like we, we were talking to someone the other day and they've lost. It's like when you lose someone through it, if it's if it was my nanny still, who God rest her, she'd be about 90 now. And she had it, and you'd all think, well, it's her time. But if it was someone our age, or a bit older, and you think, oh, yeah, he smoked, or yeah, he had, but it's got him, then I think it makes it more real to you. And that, once again, listen back to Dr. Singh's episode, and hopefully he's going to be coming back on. Because when you do talk to these people, and they've seen the horror stories, it's not just on the news, it, it's out there. And fingers crossed, this could be part of the answer. Fingers crossed, you know. But I'm not here to judge anyone whether you do or you don't. It's your decision. Look, it's my decision to smoke and drink. I know the fags are no good for me in the drink, but I do it. And so don't judge, just accept. Or don't even accept. If Craig has it or doesn't have it, it's not going to affect my life. Like, yeah. like same time. If I have it, it's not going to affect him. So why get angry? Let that yeah. person make that decision. I think that's that's what I'm 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 getting at at the minute with everything, not just like the COVID thing, but I'm I'm going through. I'm trying to say right or wrong, it's right for me. If my decisions upset you or whatever, then you're gonna have to live with that. But this is right for me. And it, like when you say if you haven't seen the consequences, I get it. You know, and I get our realities, and I've had people there have had people die from it, like friends. I've not. There are no too close. Um, but I still I. I'm not easily affected. Like, if I don't feel it in myself, I'm not easily affected by external factors. It's what I feel inside. So even if I had a relative die horrendously from it, I still don't. I still don't think I'd let it affect me and think, you know, what, I'm just going to have it. It's, I could be wrong. Who knows? Until I'm in that situation. I think if there was 
you know, just as you do, Craig, a devil's advocate, if there was like a vaccine to cancer, we'd all be in the queue for it, wouldn't we? You know, if, and if it was like 100%, you know, it was, and if you had, you'd all, we'd all, because we all know, we'd all be going, yeah, because we've all seen it, haven't we? Beat your nan, your parents. But I think that's, I'm not comparing the two, but we, we haven't lived with this long enough for it to have had that effect on us, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'll get yeah, And like I say, everything's timing. And I'll never say, I'll never say never because I change like, and I'll grow as a person. I may be more accepting or I may be a little bit more subtle in my opinion. I'll, I'll get passionate and I'll get passionate within myself. And I think oh, this is my decision and I'll, you ain't going to make me have it in this or I don't want it. And I'll stick with it. And then in the end, I'll mellow out and I'll start seeing more logic. Around. I'll look for logic. I'll look for logic around things. And I think at the minute, I don't feel... I, I want to take it and I don't want my boys to take it. You know, in six months' time, I may change their opinion. But like you say, with the cancer thing, you know, we've all experienced it. And it's a fucking horrible thing. Yeah. But again, like the, I probably still wouldn't take it because I'm a, I'm a bastard. I don't ever like taking ibuprofen. I don't take, I don't take painkillers. I'm just, not that I'm an anti-vaxxer. I just don't like medicines and that. I don't know why. I'm just a stubborn bastard, I guess, but set him away you know, maybe that will change and I'll be forced to have medication one day. I hope not. Um, it's ironic at the things I have put in my body, you know, over well, the years. Well, that's what I think. I'll, I'll, I'll have it. Like, I know people and they say, oh, I know, I know. If it's going to stop me from hurting, I'll do it. You know, and uh, like, uh, uh, what do you, what's Aaron's drink called? Health. Uh, Health XL, sorry. Yeah. Health XL. And we're going to be promoting that it's wonderful, you know, and all these nutrients coming into our bodies. So we're going to put that on our website. Our website's almost up and running, by the way, guys. And we are going to be doing merch on there where you can buy yourself a hat, T-shirt, hoodie, mug, T-shirts. So and the, the profits we're going back in to pay for expenses, the internet and running our support groups because we have we did our third one yesterday, didn't we, bro? Yeah, yeah, third one, yeah. Third one is getting bigger and better. Um, have you got the post to flash up, right? Yeah, let me just find it, mate, while I'm talking. Pretty sorry. Every oh. Wednesday, every Wednesday at the Lions Boxing Club in Broly Hill, you have to fill in an email, blackcountryblokes at gmail.com. Uh, fill that in just to say you've got no COVID symptoms. But then you come in with temperature gun you, the chairs are all spread around. And I'll tell you something, guys, it's been bloody brilliant sitting in a room of blokes. Chewing the fat, we talk about some deep stuff. But I'll tell you something, didn't we, Craig? We had a right belly laugh yesterday. We did, yeah. Mate, was, I think it was you taking the, the mic out. You said something to us. I can't remember what it was now. And everyone just burst out laughing down there. And I can't, I can't remember what it was. But I think you was being... Oh, I'm going to have to think of it without going into detail about it, Brock. And just, it, was a, it was funny. Um, but, but you do, you tell all doom and gloom. You tell all... My name's Craig, and I'm this, and I'm that. And it's it all depressing. It's, you know, we've sort of found, we, we take the mick out of each other in a light-hearted way. And these are blokes that we've only knew a night, you know, and it's all in good jest, isn't it? And it, and it is, in the best term, banter. It's not abusive. It's just me and Craig have known each other for a long time now. And, like, and it's, it takes, someone says something, and it's a jest. You know, and we have a laugh, and once it's said, you pass it around, and it's it, it, it's great. 
and then in the real like when the club is allowed to start doing exercises again from the 14th of April, then we're going to be doing like half an hour tour, 45 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes, a bit of training, and have another tour. So we're getting them, like every time you walk in and go, hey, you doing? Oh, my wife's doing my head in. Then you hit the bags, and you know what? You know, my missus, I'm, I'm struggling. So that's what we're trying to do, give the stigma of um, mental health a KO. So if you are interested, once again, email blackcountryblokes at gmail.com or uh, always uh, have a look on the Facebook page. But just get a part of it, guys, because, um, and I say in the real world, what I'm doing, I want to be doing them in the daytime. What we'd like to do is for people who have been furloughed, want to do it for people who are, are carers, care for the carers. And uh, saying that, we've got two great guests on next week. On the Tuesday, we've got Sean Griffiths, who's come on the short, uh, show before. They were talking about mental health and his experience working in the system. And then Alexander Walker on Thursday. So we've got two brilliant guests coming on next week. So tune in for both of them. Uh, yeah. yeah, the support Mate, group, get in, get in touch. We've had a couple of comments. One is Grant Spillman saying, wish you wasn't so far. Uh, I'd love to join you. And Lucas, I'm, I'm not even going to offend you and try and pronounce your second name again, mate. I probably butchered it the first time. Said, how are we doing? I'm good, bruv. Funny enough, that's what we, at the start of every uh, session, it's uh, in five words or so, as your week been? And some, like me and Craig, our, our five words are about 50 minutes long. Simple as simple as, I've had a great day, I've had a shit day. I've had ups and downs. So you have all these different things. But to answer your question, I'm actually having a good good week. A bit apprehensive about the baby going back. And as Craig says, I'm going to miss her. She's been my, my right-hand man for the last eight weeks. Well, basically eight weeks, but really for 12 months. Mm. Um, but overall, yeah, and I'll tell you something, bloody hell, the weather has helped so much today. You know, there's times Mate. it was actually warm. I was going to actually say that. To, just after, when you finish with <coughs> I was going to say, the weather today has made, I've said two or three times, I mean, I love the dark weather. I'm a September baby. I love, I love the tree, the leaves falling off the trees and I love the darker nights. But like there's something about today, maybe it's the doom and gloom of all the lockdowns. And I've said, so I, I had to go walk to my mom and dad's earlier. And I said to my mom, I said, you know what? It's been, it's nice to have a nice day. You know, when the sun, we fed the ducks along the cut and you ain't like freezing your tits off. I mean, it was a bit chilly. Uh, but last night it was 12 and a half degrees and I thought, what a nice night for a stroll. You know, my luck, I'd bump into somebody robbing a cat off a car and get and get bet up or something <laughs> like that. That's why I'll stay in the house, mate. I'll get the virtual stroller on and, and just have a walk in bed. <laughs> it's amazing how many of us suffer from SAD, seasonal adjustment disorder. And I think at the moment, with this lockdown once again, the first lockdown, it was gorgeous for everywhere around. January and February are depressing months anyway. We're all broke from Christmas. We've normally seen too much family, but this time we haven't seen enough family. When you look out the window and it's it's raining, it's windy, it's grey. Mm. And then even on a cold day, as long as it's a blue sky, I'm in a good mood because I'll wrap up warm, I'll get my hat on, get my big coat on. But today when we had that little bit of warmth, it was brilliant. I wanted to be outside all day. It's pretty brilliant. Planned a barbecue and everything today. <laughs> well, yeah, you could do, couldn't you? I don't expect it to last. You know, that's that's just the British. We're never happy. And 
And people always say, you're never happy with the weather. It's too hot. It's too... I said, because we, we've, as British, we never get any one particular type of weather to get used to it. You know, everything changes. If you, if you go out on a morning and you go out with your flipping wellies and a vest on, you, you dress for all occasions, are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it, it can change. We can have four seasons in one hour over here. I suppose we're lucky in some respects, but... But it's off with the weather. <laughs> yeah. But as you say, you go like, oh, God, it's too hot, it's too hot, it's too hot. And on the fifth day, it hammers it down. And you go, oh, I was going to go out today, then it's too hot and it's pissing it down. So, yeah, it's very British, isn't it? We're never got happy. We're never happy. And, and I think that's, that's, I think with the British, it's sort of a conversation opener. You know, and I think that's what we get used to as kids. Oh, lovely weather, eh? And then you you get in a conversation. It's sort of an icebreaker. Instead of saying, "How's it going, mate? Fancy a chat?" You just walk past the stranger. It's lovely weather, isn't it? And then you you start chatting about that. But, but do you miss that as your conversation? I'll tell you something, Bert. Lovely weather instead of Corona. <laughs> oh, mate, and and that's the thing. Like Corona's become like this, the new weather. Weather like this when we was younger, it was you'd always. Sit, There'd always be one person that you come across and say, Cider House weather, ain't this? Yeah. yeah. And you think, yeah, everyone always de- deemed it a Cider House weather. And and you think that summed it up, especially where we're from in, in the local area. If someone said Cider House weather, you know it's a hot day. Because I you know them just. I always preferred the anchor I did, that dry cider instead of the sweet cider. Oh, you were one for the sweet. And good any anchor, you'd have a nice, big, thick beef cob. And a couple of uh, couple of strong ciders, just a couple. Oh, well, yeah, I'd have a couple before I had a couple more. <laughs> 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 Mate, it's right. That is it. You know, a couple over the limit is what I normally say. Right? Not oh, that I can don't drink driving, and I don't drink. I don't drink. Never mind drink drive. But you know, I'll have one or two more than I should. He don't. He doesn't drink, and I don't drive, so we're all right. That's it, as long as we're together when we're on drinking. It's when we're getting mixed up and you get drunk and I'm drunk home. <laughs> oh, mate, you, you, that's it, you sober, me pissed. <laughs> but, mate, like, you can have a laugh with it and, and you do miss that and you think, how, how very much do we take for granted and how very, I always say this on how much we see and how little we notice. Um, and I think that's the same with our freedom. We we knew we were, well, we assumed we were free to to the point of we, you know, we can do anything we want. We go wherever we want, money depending or time depending. But we assumed that it's always going to be like that. And I think I hope if you're going to take anything away, take away the unpredictability of of life and take that in your stride and say, you know what? Even with death, I always say that death. Death is a, a surefire way of putting life into perspective, you know, and it, it's so unpredictable. And you know, I read, I think I read a quote and he said, "If you want, if you want your last thought to be a positive one, make them all positive, just in case." And I think lockdown sort of brings that to light on how predictable it is. Just because you're free and alive and breathing today, and walking and and talking and and you can see or whatever, don't assume you can tomorrow because you may not. And I think on that, unless there's anything else you want to say when we round up today. No, mate, I think that's everything. Thank you for all the comments. I will say uh, it's nice to hear off the off the people and I hope you're all doing well as well. 
And next week, once again, we're joined by Sean Griffiths on Tuesday and Alexander Walker on Thursday. And with that quote off Craig, it just reminded me of one. It's an age-old one. Why is it? Um, tomorrow's a mystery. Yesterday's history. History. But today is a today is a gift. That's what I call it, the present. So until we talk to each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Tomorrow, repeat. See you guys. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you'd like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen, listen.